Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And don't forget, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. Today, I'm joined by the voice of the Washington Commanders, Bram Weinstein, as we break down the offseason. This was going to be after all the practices were done, and then they decided to have one more, or at least keep the last one that was on the schedule. So the official end of off-season workouts is Tuesday when they have their final OTA session. It's voluntary, and I will be doing another wrap-up podcast on Tuesday to fill you in on what happened that day. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if more than a few veterans Skip that one because, again, I think there was some question about whether or not they'd even keep this. It was because, remember, they lost that a few OTA practices where they still got this one, and this would have been the last one, and they're keeping it. And whether or not a lot of veterans are there, it's as much to give another practice for the rookies before sending them on their way before training camp. So they're keeping it. I'll do another wrap-up. So the, the my conversation with Bram, not quite the official wrap-up of all the practices, but I think we've seen enough to give some opinions on the state of the commanders at this point in time, heading into this, you know, our last look at them before training camp. So we talk about where is Sam Howell? I think, you know, there's, there's reasons for hope and there's reasons to say, wonder like, well, how long is it going to take? What's it going to look like? How much are they going to put on him? Et cetera. A lot of unanswered questions with him. And there's only one way to find out. And I think it's like what this period has been is a good measuring stick for where he's at, to take that into training camp and then kind of see where he goes there and then see what happens during the season. A lot of steps along the way, because again, he is a young inexperienced quarterback that takes time. So we get into all that and we'll, I'll be talking to more people about Sam during the off season to bring you some more insight from people, you know, that who know him pretty well. So just stay tuned for all that. We also get into some areas of surprise, areas of concern, the offensive line, the state of the line. Is it good enough? What what does Bram think? What do I think? So we get into all that. There you go. Stay tuned for that for a minute. Before I get there, one little thing, and this is on Chase Young. I still continue to see him on Twitter trending because there's all these fan bases worked up about trying to trade for him. And, you know, are they in on him? Are they this and that? What I know, and I told you this before, and so I don't want to have to repeat this every time because it, it gets a little bit silly, but they have told him that if he goes out and produces, they will pay him. They bring up Deron Payne to him. They have made it clear that they would like to keep him, you know, but the key is you have to go out and produce and be, you know, and be the kind of player that they think he can be. If he is, 
why would you let him go? And why would you trade him for just for anything? Because you might not sign him. You can get a comp pick next year that would be the equivalent of what you would get right now in a trade. So why would you not want to wait and see what he does for you this season? He has looked, he looked pretty good during the during the mandatory mini camp. So again, why did you do it? And the, again, the other point is teams were not calling about him before the draft. What would have happened between now and the draft? Are teams going to really get all that excited about, you know, some reports out of Washington say that he looked good in train in the uh, mini camp. I don't think so folks. So, but again, he offers more value right now here. If you have a chance to have a play, add a playmaker to your roster, that's chase. They didn't have him last year. Those last three games were not really indicative of where he's going to be at this year. So why would you give that up? And, and again, you can say, well, you're not going to keep him. Well, we don't know that, but again, also I'd rather have chase young this year with the chance and the potential he has than to trade him away for what right now would not be a, a high round pick. Now, if somebody comes and says, we'll give you two ones for him, well, that would be different. That's not happening though. So short of something like that, why would you do that? You're not going to get the value that you think you can because teams know what has happened the last two years. So just take a deep breath when you see that stuff, because again, if he plays well, and he looked, he did look good in minicamp. It's minicamp, but he looked good. He looked more confident, more explosive. And could he go out and have a big year? Yeah, he could. Could he, you know, we'll see what happens. We don't know. But again, he's got that kind of potential to be a game changer. And I don't think you give up on those guys quite easily. And I heard a lot of this last year with Deron Payne. Well, if you're not going to pay him, you should just trade him now. And he went out and produced. They paid him and he's still here. So there you go. Anyway, I just want to kind of mention that before I get into my conversation with Bram. So here's my conversation with the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know the largest ropes course and zipline park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23 
DC at checkout. That's Kaim, K-E-I-M, 2-3-D-C. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, zip lining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com and enter promo code KIME 23 DC. Well, Bram, I thought today was going to kind of wrap up their offseason. Then we find out that they're actually going to have one more practice next week. But we have seen, what, five practices now. And we've gone through the offseason with them. So regardless of what happens Tuesday and Tuesday, when they get back on the, their final OTA practice, then they're done. I think a lot of veterans may not be there. It's going to be good for the young guys. So we can kind of wrap up the the big portion of the offseason. What, you know, after watching the last few weeks, what are your what is your what are some of your takeaways? So uh as you know, I'm not a hot take artist. So no. I'm going to everything I'm going to say is going to be measured. So if that is um a problem for you and you're listening pleasure, you're not gonna like well, this. <laughs> I think people know that I think people understand that I haven't exactly been a hot take guy either. Yeah. But I will tell you what I've what I've observed to this point, um, and what I've what I've observed to this point. Where do you want to start, offense or defense? Let's start. Let's start with let's start with offense because okay. that's a big thing. Let's start with offense. All right. Um, Eric Bieniemy is as advertised. Um, we'll stay on him for a minute too. Go yeah, ahead. he is. Uh, his presence is noted at all times. Uh, it's funny. Like this is exactly what we heard he was going to be. He has no problem being loud, in your face, demanding. Um, most of the people who talked about it after the fact, most of them, um, seem to be like, this is good. Uh, Jahan Dotson was like, this is good. Terry McLaurin was, this is good. Sam Howell was even, this is good. And he's gotten dressed down a few times along the way, including, you know, notably when they yank the offense off the field, like that's going to be noticed, you know, by everybody. Um, and I think largely it's good. Um, I don't want to turn this into a Scott Turner bashing episode, but, you know, that level of um, communication and accountability on that side of the ball did not seem to be present for the last Agreed. couple of years. Definitely. And, the, you know, I know that they had, you know, average to poor quarterback play and a lot of issues on their offensive line. I still don't think um, it should have account. It shouldn't have amounted to the amount of points that they scored. <laughs> so, you know, I, I feel like this is good now. I do also feel like at some point, like, does all of this work and demanding accountability and kind of in your face coaching, does it get tempered a little bit in training camp? Is he setting a foundation for the players to be accountable for themselves? And that's really the open question. And I guess we'll find out this summer into early part of the season. I think the other thing with him is that one thing that players like is he will tell them, Hey, that was my fault. You know, I messed up here. So I think they like that, you know, because there've been coaches here. One guy who was, maybe on the staff before who was let go last August that some players didn't think was would hold themselves accountable. That's a problem when, for players. And so I think that's one thing that BNB does. The other thing, Bram, is when you're around him, I was telling, I told a couple people this, like I come away thinking like, how is this, how was this guy not a head coach yet? Because yeah, he, com- because he I- comes across in that fashion. Like he yeah. does not come across as the head coach of this team but he comes across as a guy who has those on the field 
qualities and just, yeah. you know, it's just, and, and I, I want to be around him more before I go overboard on that. But like that, you know, that was one of the things for me. Yeah. I mean, we were just, so, we're so early in the process. Like very, I, I'm like, I just, that's why I'm like, I want to see what happens for the year. I don't want to make any judgments because does he, is he doing what he's doing right now to set up a foundation for the players to demand this level of accountability from each other? And if that is what ends up happening, then I think like we're in a really good place. Um, I could see where if this just goes on in perpetuity and everything's nitpicked and there's just constant, you know, up in your face about every little thing, I could see where that becomes wearing on the players mm -hmm. at times. And the other open question about it really is, and I think we knew this going in, I think some players were going to totally take to this in general. And then there were some question marks about some guys, how are they going to handle this? And I don't think that that's played out yet because no. this isn't going to be for everybody. Like it, there's no way this is good. Everybody who's had any boss, like if you've had multiple bosses and you have the guy who's pretty easygoing or you have the guy or gal who's very hard and on you all the time, like your personality will matter at that point on how your workplace is going to be affected. So I don't think this is going to be for everybody, but I do think it's necessary like, and, and albeit like, especially now in this year where it's a show me year for literally everybody, all these people who have contracts coming up, the head coach himself, the president of the organization, all the people in the front office and Eric Bieniemy, who's got something to prove here to yep. prove that he belongs at a higher status than he's been given, you know, in the past, like, this is a show me year and I don't mind everybody feeling that energy even early that we need to perform better than we have. So it feels like it kind of fits in a year where this new ownership group, us as a fan base, everybody is going to want to see are things really different. And I think, you know, so there that's the demanding aspect of it. Obviously where he's going to really be measured too is the production on the field. How does the offense look? So from that standpoint, what are some of the things that maybe jump out to you about what could be different this year with that offense? Okay. Like again, this is so, so, so early. They're not tackling. They're not ramped up at the high speed. So that's why like it was laughing when we did this last and people were going gaga about Sam Howe throwing a couple of nice dimes in a seven on seven drill with guys not in pads on. I'm like, I think everybody needs to slow down a little bit. And honestly, like if you watched these practices where everybody was there and the speed was up a little bit. Still, again, no real contact and all that type of stuff. But the speed was, you know, closer to what we're accustomed to. You know, once we get to training camp and into the season, you know, I, I didn't find the offense functioning at the level that I think anybody would have been pleased with. And I actually feel like that that's probably normal for right now. Yeah, They're the, the ones learning an entire new right, offense here. Right. They're the ones doing that with an inexperienced quarterback. So I expect it to not be gangbusters. But what I have seen so far is, and man, I mean, this was brought up. I don't remember who asked the question. Somebody asked a question about how much they're throwing the ball in practice. I think it was Craig Hoffman. I mean, now that I remember. And I remember sitting there and going, that's a really good question. It's I haven't seen, seen them run a run play, no. you know, like, so clearly like portions of this offense are not being installed in a certain way. You'd think they're going to throw the ball 80% of the time. If you watch the practices we watched. Um, the good and, and the other thing is like what is clear as day, at least early in all of this is this is very much going to look like the Chiefs offense in terms of moving people around a lot of versatile players and a lot of stuff is underneath like 
I know all the highlights of Pat Mahomes is him running around and throwing these deep passes on a dime, and it's like the magic man stuff. If you really watch them play, the majority of their stuff is passes that are thrown seven yards and in or misdirection plays or getting the ball in the hands of playmakers very, very, very quickly. And we see a lot of that. And I think if you watched this mini camp, you'll see that the enemy's not happy where they are right now. And he made that very, very, very clear. And I think you'll see that some of the players are not totally comfortable with where they're supposed to be at this point in time. So I think there's a lot of work to do here. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of work to do outside of that, you know, with Sam in particular, um, there is some traits that are popping very quickly that I think that they should be very optimistic about, but I think cautiously optimistic. At yeah, this you have I don't to want to go too okay. far and put too much on him. Well, no, and I think it's okay to be cautiously optimistic because there's, you know, obviously everything is a step along the way and how you measure the progress, how you measure them at this point is all we can go on. But I think like with the offense too, and you hit it, that they are putting in a lot on them in, in terms of what they're learning and you're not game planning for all these particular blitzes and, you know, it's, and not that the defense is game planning for them, but like you do have to account for blitzes and how are you doing that? And so I think there's a lot that where you look at it in practice, say you you have to take those things into account for what you're seeing offensively and the fact that it's a pretty good defense and they drafted a couple of pretty good defensive backs. So it's a good defensive backfield. So I think you add all that. So, the you know, to me, like in part going back to what you talk about with the passing game and they one of the things that Rivera talked about is that it's a rhythm passing game, a lot of precision. And I think that's why they're working so hard on that. And you're right about the underneath. And, you know, I don't think in Kansas City anybody was designing a play like, hey, Patrick, do this, this, and this, run around the backfield like this, and then right. hit this guy 40 yards. But the precision and the rhythm of it is what they're looking for. And getting one of the things that you hear from them consistently is finding creative ways to get guys in space who can do something with the ball. Yes. Antonio Gibson could be that guy. Like I, I think he's had, I think he could be a, a, a guy to watch, but you know, so what about, you know, just from, is there a player on that side of the ball? And again, it's hard to like, I want to talk about the line, but it's really hard to measure them right now. But like from a skill standpoint, is there a player that jumped out to you? Um, I, th I agree with you on Gibson. Um, you know, they're working a lot with Robinson catching the ball. So like, I think he's going to be utilized probably, you know, at least the early signs are he could be more of a receiver than you would think. Um, you know, with Dotson, you know, I overheard him say, you know, say to him and Dotson said this even to us where he was like, I know the potential you have um, yeah. and we're going to get this out of you. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I really feel like this team has two number one receivers. And if they can unlock that at the same time, um, they're going to be extremely dangerous. And then I think a lot of focus goes back to the lost position of the last you know year was tight end, partially right. because Logan Thomas's injury, and he wasn't really himself until later in the season. It really kind of flipped around week 11, week 12, where he started to look like himself. Right. And Rivera has, has you know mentioned, like, we're really happy he looks like himself again, heading into this season. And hopefully there won't be, you know, there's that. And then Cole Turner had a setback with the hamstring, and he's starting to look like a target again. And Curtis Hodges, who I think, you know, because of the injury to Armani Rogers now has an opening again to compete. I think is, that's going to be a very interesting spot. They look like a basketball team out there. We know what tight end is meant in Kansas City. We know what big target tight ends means for an offense just in general, if you can kind of unlock that. So I think that's going to be a very interesting competition to see who gets on the field more often than not. 
and how many targets go their way and what kind of effectiveness they can have. So tight end to me could be the unlocking of everyone else and all these other people to give them the space they need to be effective. Well, I think one of the positive developments for the offense during the spring was Logan Thomas's usage, even in practice and the target he presents for them underneath. He is not, he has not been a forgotten guy in this spring. That's for sure. I think the tight end position in general, but again, Logan Thomas, what he could mean for them in tight quarters in the red zone in, you know, just over the middle and as a safety valve for Don, in the red zone, I I'm staring down. If you put Turner and Thomas out there on the field, good luck stopping that. Like, especially on a short field, like good, well, good luck matching up with both of them at the same time. Like I, I like one of the big misses last year was Logan Thomas was not used in the red zone. Right. I have absolutely no clue why that was the case. And there are coaches on the staff who would say, who would say the same thing. And I think there are people who were perplexed by that last year as well. So, but you also have like, you can be very creative with this offense and get into a mismatch situation because you have multiple tight ends that can help you. Now, can you get them all on the field that you have four tight ends that can help you? Could you put out three tight ends and then, you know, a running back in there with like a Gibson and have like a power set that you can throw out of? Because it's a mismatch. Yeah. Like all those guys can you you could throw out those throw, you know three tight ends plus Gibson who's who to me has looked really good out of the backfield this spring and in different spots, and I think they do a good job finding ways to get them in space. So I think there are ways to that they're excited about how you can get guys the ball, and a lot of it. The other thing is too with the one of the things that Rivera I know that the or the, and not just him but other coaches have talked about like with Howell is quick decisions and quick twitch, and that quick twitch is see it go, see it go. And they would all like when Kirk Cousins was here, they would talk about that too. Like they would talk about special arm talent. It wasn't because they thought he had a howitzer. It's because they felt like he would, when he saw it, he would go. And I think Howell has some of that as well. And I yep. think, you know, that, that, that's something that they really like. And then if you can, so if you can get off your first read, not there, you can find guys that can help do something with the ball, but you know, creating spaces for them is a big deal. I'll give you one more name that I think is probably off a lot of people's radar that I think is going to be a key, key person this year. And it's totally a show me year for this person. Sadiq Charles has to not only win the job, but be yeah. good, be good. Because I think we all know that I, I feel like the offensive line has been upgraded and I do think it's going to be better. And I do think that they have some young depth, which I like. And I do think that there's a possibility that they're pretty good. I'm not going to go so far as to call them a strength, but I do think that they could be pretty good. That said, the left side starting wise, the left side of the line, if he does not perform well, could become a major liability. If he becomes the starter that they thought he could be for a few years and are now giving him the opportunity to be right now, I think it's going to answer a lot of questions in terms of protection for them. So there is a lot on, in my opinion, on him being everything they said he was going to be for a couple of years. And I hopefully he'll step up and be that for them. Gotta stay healthy for him. Yes. That's that's the number one key for him is stay healthy. I think when you're in and out of the lineup and you can't stay healthy and all that, you probably also lose some confidence. And I think you can see that play out in some some situations. So if you're the more he's in there, I think that's why they've given him every rep with the starters this spring is because Bill start with rebuilding that confidence back up and keeping him healthy. Yeah. But you, you are you that? Cause I know like last year you sounded alarms 
you know, I always thought the line depth was better last year, but the starting group we had questions about. And it turns out there was good reason for that. You were hammered that all offseason. You think this group is better? Yes. How, how so? Tell me. Undoubtedly. How. And, like, I, and uh, I'm going to agree with that. They're better. But how, I get, let oh, me say undoubtedly. this. Not so like, much are they better. How much better? Is it enough better? That's that's open question. <laughs> like, yeah. that, like again, I yeah. I, I, I put it this There's way. There's no trade. I don't think at this point it's their strength. Like, And I don't think anybody would, would call it that. But last year I walked in going, this is going to be a weakness. And I hope no, I'm wrong, was. but it's going to be a weakness. Mm-hmm. And I think they're relying on people they shouldn't be relying on just because of tread on the tires, injury history, all that stuff. Like, they're just... I don't know how they're going to, I don't know how they feel confident doing this. Um, Sam Cosme, I feel like will be better as a guard. I don't know that he's going to be, but I think if he gets comfortable in that position and can stay healthy, um, I think they're going to figure out a way to use his athleticism. He can move. So like, I actually like him as a right guard over right tackle. I trust Andrew Wiley is an upgrade at that position for them. So that being the case, I like the right side of the line and I'm optimistic about it. I love Gates. I said this from the second that they signed him. I loved what I saw on tape from him when he came back from his injuries for the Giants. I think he's an animal. I think he's exactly what they need. And everything that I've seen so far, you know, from the way he interacts with Hal, the way he's interacting in practice, he's an all-in type of guy. So I love him. And hopefully he'll stay healthy. I think he is a solid, solid upgrade for them. And I feel good about center now that Larson's back and they have somebody in development behind them. The left side of the line is where I am concerned. And that's why I said Sadiq Charles is a huge part of all of this. If he steps up and is what they said they think he's going to be, then I think that they're in pretty good shape. Again, I'm not pretending that they have pro bowlers on the outside protecting the quarterback, but this looks to be way better than what it was. And they have some prospects behind them. They have a guy like Chris Paul that they think might be able to play potentially two positions. We'll see. They've got this center in development. They they drafted another you know uh, guard slash tackle in Daniels. I think there's possibilities here, and there are a couple of guys that like on the back side of it, like this. Uh, what is his name? The he, a King Blue. He's been there for yeah. a couple of years. He's fast. Like he's really fast. Can he play the position at the level they need him to? I don't know, but he's extremely athletic. Mm-hmm. So. All I'm saying is I think they have a decent group. Last year, I was nervous they had a group that was going to fall apart, which it did. This year, I don't feel like without, you know, bad luck, you know, with injuries that it's going to fall apart. And I do see more of an upside of what's there. I'm not pretending that's the Eagles or the Lions offensive line or the Falcons offensive line. I don't don't think it is. But I do think it's one I trust a lot more. That's the way I'd put it. I trust it a lot more. I just don't think at this point... Prove me wrong that it's a strength. I don't think that it's a strength, but I also don't think it's an enormous weakness that could crumble the whole thing anymore. Uh, the one thing I wish they had been able to go get a tackle and maybe shift Wiley and have Wiley Cosme guard combo, then I'd feel a lot better about it because we don't know. The other thing that there, the other, there's a couple other things with that too. You know, and I, I agree with that. I, and I think that Cosme will be better inside. Um, how does the scheme help this line. Yeah. And and if, you know, Hal has some more is more mobility than Carson Wentz, how does that help? How does a quick decision making help? Yeah. You know, like all those things can factor into helping the line. I mean, shoot, against Dallas last year when you go back and watch some of the highlights with Hal, 
wasn't like he had all this great protection. He was making good decisions and quick decisions. Yeah. Now you're going to face things along the way. Like the more film on there, the more they're going to try and do things that take certain things away. We all get that. But I think that's something to factor in and how much can that help them and maybe setting things up better, better play action. You know, the play action with, that they've used in the past, just using play action isn't enough. You can't just say, well, we ran play action. Was it effective play action? Yeah. Are, you, are you selling it? Are you, is it, does it look like one of your runs? And if it doesn't, then it's BS. And I think that was too often in the past that you'd get some of that. And I, you know, so all that stuff, I don't, I, I just wonder about the impact, will, how much of an impact will it make? And so I still have, I still wonder about the line. I think it is one of their areas of um, whether it's concern or wonder, I guess, you know, where is it at? And, and, you know, we we probably won't know for a while, but um, the other thing, Bram too, the other one thing that, is a little bit um not some not this is not a concern but it's you have a third round pick in Stromberg and a fourth round pick in Daniels who if all goes well will not play this year and like you know that's a problem with that okay you have a problem well, with that why do people well, have a problem with that well i, well, I have that's a that's how you build a good roster like what? I, let me i want to say this like if you're a third round pick you know and now here's the thing he's really like i they needed to get a young center we know that and they were burned by not having a healthy center combo the last few years. Went south because of it. So they've got their young guy, and it's a great insurance policy, and you can develop him, and at some point, he will be their starter. Daniels is a project, and I think I think my own belief is that ultimately he'll be a guard. But, you know, he's got athleticism. Try him at tackle. See what he can do. And, you know, if he can't do it this year, if you see like, okay, you can always put him inside because you know, he's got some athleticism, he's got stuff he's got to work out. And I talked about this on the podcast on, um, after the third day of minicamp, but I, so I do wonder about that. Like, you know, ideally you'd like to have those guys contribute in some way, but we don't know, like if Gates gets hurt and Stromberg goes in, you can say, Hey, that was a great pick. Yeah, because you got you know so yeah, there I, is good I, and he does saw, provide really good criticisms depth. of the they drafted these two guys and they're not slated in to start and like not even what, slated to start like, they what? may not play <laughs> that you're getting they're going to make the team like what do you, he's a fourth round pick like what do you he's not he wasn't a first round pick like what what are we talking about here like that's how you build a good roster when you have this kind if of depth develops, that you pick yep. these guys and they're in line to either take the place of somebody who gets priced out because of salary cap stuff or just gets better than them at the time. I mean, like that's building a good roster, John, this thing, I know what the national media is saying about them. I don't believe that this is a bad season that's coming here no. um, outside of there could be a lot of noise with transitions that I think could get in their way, which is a totally different topic. And I hope doesn't happen, right? Like I'm trying to focus on what they have in front of them. And I got to tell you, the roster I look at right now is not one that is going to be bad. Like no. they have multiple potential pro bowlers on offense and definitively multiple potential pro bowlers on defense. And to all of this discussion of like, they have this kind of fortifying and this fortifying and this fortifying, they scream as a team that's going to pick a left tackle with their first round pick next year, or they're going to, because they have a lot of cap room, spend money on the whoever great left tackle is that hits the open market. And then it's going to be off to the races. If everything goes well, which is a giant if because of all of the things that are kind of hovering over the franchise, which Ron Rivera openly talked about. He is hoping the NFL 
gets this deal solidified sooner rather than later because he needs to get in front of the ownership and explain where they are, where they've been, what money they want to spend now, how they're thinking about the next couple of years, and he needs them to buy into it, and it better happen soon. Otherwise, we just end up into a season. They go with what they go with, and then we'll see how it plays out, and then there could be a lot of changes that get in the way of this. My point is this. I see what Rivera is saying in terms of they are close in terms of a roster of putting something out there that I think is extremely competitive, contingent on Sam Howell being what they're saying that he's going to be. He doesn't have to be Mahomes or Allen, but he's got to be Cousins, bare minimum. And if he can become that for them, they have a tremendous amount of flexibility to make a good roster great. If he's not, and he's not what they say he's going to be, we all know what's going to happen. There's going to be another quarterback in here. It's a new ownership. They're probably going to go get one, either via trade or free agency, or try to move up and get one of those top two, if that's even possible. We all know what's coming down the road. And that's why this year is complicated. Very, very, very complicated. But, you know, when I I look at this roster, just I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. I don't see a team that's going to tank. I don't see a team that's going to be bad. I see a team that's going to be pretty good to potentially better than pretty good if Hal is what they say he's going to be. But that's the show me part of this whole thing. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. As you know from being out there, there's a good energy around this team right now. They They have have good good players, John. They have good players. They have good players, but there's also, I think there's good energy as well. And so I agree with you. Like, I think that defense could be, it should be good. I mean, there should, there's no reason it shouldn't be good. Um, So I, I like what they've done. How would be the biggest question? So what did you see from him this spring that you'd say, this is what you can build on. And this is, these are some of the questions I still have about him. I mean, he has these moments that we haven't seen in a while. Like we talked about this last time where he's got some accuracy and he makes a couple of throws and you're like, man, do that in a game. And we're going to be good to go. We saw a couple of them against Dallas at the same time, you know, when a lot of this underneath stuff, when he's making these quick decisions, I mean, maybe this is just upside of Forbes and Martin and those guys. And, but man, there are hands getting on balls constantly, constantly, just constantly. So is that repetition and the defense just kind of knows them and knows what they're doing? Is that the offense not quite on the same page? Is that Hal's early decision-making in a play? Like, I don't know. I need the coaches to tell me. So I would describe it as he looks inexperienced to me. I see the traits that they like. I understand the traits that they like. He can move a little bit. I I don't think this is like, I don't think any of this is too big for him. Like, I think he's, he did what he did in college and 
he would have been a higher pick if it wasn't for everything that happened in his last year at North Carolina. I'm not like worried about this being too big for him or crumbling or any of that stuff, but you know, they need to win here early. Well, <clears throat> his decision-making is going to be huge. And this is very, very, very early, but like all of the rave reviews, let's throw a parade. I thought were way premature. And I've seen a lot of defensive hands getting on balls. And that is, you know, how much is that the defense making good plays and how much is that, his early decision-making in these plays, only EB and Rivera can answer those questions, really. Right. And I know that in some cases it's mixed because, you know, there are some times where you hear like, well, you know, you start game planning for this and it can look different. You know, the defense shows a blitz and it could, you know, if you game plan this, it looks different. Um, and so you take all that into account. And I think, listen, it's okay to say he's inexperienced. You know why? Because he is. And it's he okay. Is. Like every quarterback goes through something. The qu the key will be, Bram, what do they put on his shoulders? How much are they putting on him to then lead them? They don't have to put it on him. They have good talent around him. So they don't have to just put it all on Sam Howell. And like, let put get these guys in position to make a play, make a good, easy throw, get this guy in space. Some of the, that screen game, I think, is going to be tremendous. In, or very good. And, and you have a run game too, and you have a defense that should be really good as well. So I think there's reason like you don't have to put this on Sam Howell, let him develop as you are progressing as a team and you can still win that way. And, you know, smart quarterback play will take, can take this team to a good point yeah. when he starts to become more experienced and can do more things. But the things I like are like, you know, his, I like his demeanor. I like his, the way like guy, the way guys relate to him or the way the guys respond to him, I should say. I think that's all good. I think I like his approach to his work, what he works on, his footwork, calling plays in the huddle. I'm going to write about this probably at some point this week where like he'll talk into a uh, a microphone and play that back to him as to hear him call to hear himself call plays in the huddle. All that stuff. I think helps him, but I like the approach. So he's doing the right things. And the other thing is we don't know when it's going to click for him. Will it be right away? You know, and if it's not, then how, again, how do they mitigate that those, you know, or how do they lessen yeah. the growing pains to put him in position to have success? And that's the key. That's what coaching is. And that's what we'll see them do. What about defense? What, you know, you talk and here, well, let's go stick with the defense because of the defensive backs. Forbes, Quan Martin, those guys look good. I think the defensive backs in general have looked pretty good. So what is, what's been your big takeaway from the D? They have a lot of speed, like yeah. a lot. Um, and this is where I'm not trying to get ahead of myself because I am very optimistic about it. Like Jack Del Rio is pretty buttoned up. He's done some interviews lately that sounds like Jack Del Rio unplugged. And I really read that and feel like he's got a unit he thinks he can win with. Um, Forbes looks every bit the part. Like yeah, he, does. he is around the ball constantly. I mean, constantly. Martin has already made a couple of plays. They have unusual flexibility with the players that they have on the back end. And they are fast. I mean, really fast. Forbes is fast. Martin is fast. Percy Butler has had moments in this camp where yeah. his speed is like flashing yeah. hard. Like, and then Sweat and Young come back. And Sweat and Young look like they're ready for the season. They're chiseled. Chase is moving around fast. I know I it's feel all that like way myself, Graham. I know it's all like, <laughs> I know it's all <laughs> bag drills and all that stuff that we're looking at with him. 
but there's no apprehension. I mean, no. he's moving on that knee. Correct. He looks ready to go. Clearly, both of them are going to be motivated because of their contractual situations. I'm looking at this and going, this is why I know they're not going to stink this year. That defense is going to be good and it might be great. And if that's what ends up happening this year, then they're going to be highly competitive. How far competitive? I don't know. But I that's where I'm like, they have, and this is the other thing, and I need to get to training camp to see it, but I have a pretty good feeling that you are going to see some really unusual alignments because of the players they have. Five D linemen, one linebacker, five defensive backs, four D linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs, Boards. six defensive backs. Like right. they're going to be moving people around that are going to be somewhat interchangeable because they have flexibility and speed. Yeah. And this was without Cam Curl doing anything. Correct. So I love what I see on that side of the ball here early. And I think there's going to be some flexibility to be really creative. And hopefully that creativity turns into turnovers for them this year, because if that starts happening, they go from good to really, really good on that side of the ball. Right. And, and with like with chase, I don't know how good he's going to be, but if he, you know, you take how he looks early on and you're right, there's no, the hesitation, there's no hesitation. There's more confidence in that knee. It's going to result in more plays. And if he takes away that stutter stepping that he, that he, you know, that he was doing a year and a half ago, that would be big for him as well. And, whether or not he gets, you know, his, his 15, 20 sacks, defensive player of the year, I don't know. But I think if he gets double-digit sacks, it helps his defense out quite a bit. Yes. And, yeah, I mean, you know, and I and I think there's he's certainly capable of that. <laughs> so is Sweat. Obviously. You know? I mean, yeah. look at the guy. Yeah. Like, he's straight out of a comic book. I mean, like, you know, like, hopefully this, I mean, you know, the, the tricky part is assuming that neither are going to be extended this summer. Um, you know, they are both playing for one, maybe two contracts, but probably one. And that's going to be, would you keep, would you sign out. if, and that, that's, a, this would be a topic for another time, because like, if they both have big years, the question is, can you keep all four? Well, they feel they can because of how, but it's not a matter of, can you, it's, should you invest all that in position? And that's, but we know, like, I would say you have to let that play out because, Yep. What does it look like if Chase Young goes out and has 20 sacks? Well, you're not letting them walk. No, no, you know? no, of course not. So, you know, and so, you know, of it, it all not. depends. But, you know, the other guy that kind of has jumped out to me a little bit because he's getting opportunities is Kalik Hudson. And, you know, can he build on that last game yeah. to be that third linebacker for or third or whatever, whatever in that top three linebackers for them, along with Barton, who was working a lot with the seconds, um, but also Jamin Davis. But Kalik Hudson had showed some stuff in that last game and he feels pretty confident. So, and I think that's one reason why they've slowed looking for another linebacker is because they like what they've seen from him. Yeah. He's another one. He's his, uh, his attribute is speed. Yeah. Like Jamin Davis is fast. Uh, Kalik Hudson is fast. Forbes is fast. Martin's fast. Percy Butler is a flash. Yeah. Like they're fast now, like really, really fast. And that's what I love about this. You think I they're think fast? They can be creative. I just there's so much speed on that side of the ball right now. It'll just be interesting. And and you know this is yes they have a couple of young guys that are out there, but the majority of these guys have been around. Yeah. And you know like so it's not like the offense where they're trying to figure it all out. They're trying to incorporate this. They can the play fast is, right now. 
how much more creative is Jack Del Rio going to be? I know they've been very strict about their system that they wanted everybody to play within their system. Last year, it worked out very well with the exception of they didn't get the game changing plays, i.e. they go out in the draft and they go get a corner who could do that and a second corner slash safety or whatever position he's playing that could do that. And you could just feel it emanating out of them that they feel like they've got a unit that can win games. And it's going to be I good for like how's development. It, they can. It's going to yeah. be good for how's development to go against yes. them in training camp. And I think going against Baltimore's defense will be good for him as well. And that's, that's how you help develop the kid. But yeah, yeah. I agree. And like, it's not just that they're fast. They are playing fast. And there's a difference playing between fast. 40 time and then playing speed. And I yes. think their play but speed it, has been good. It's all there. And they, like St. Juice can play on the inside. He can play on the outside. Martin looks like he'd be a slot corner. He could be a Buffalo nickel. He could be a safety. Percy Butler's going to be moving all over the field. We already know camp curl moves around on the field. I mean, like, this there's so much creativity possible here and that's the other thing like when people are projecting oh they're going to win five or six games name me the top five defensive team that ends up with five wins yeah what's happening like i think i think i think some of that is i think you know from the outside it's like i think there's a there's a lot of skepticism about how beyond beyond ashburn and i understand that but like i got that i'm and i'm with them on that you know like I, i need to see it too from him we all need to see it but i think you can i think being closer to it, you understand more of the reasonings why they like him. Cause you see it a little bit more. Like I see the traits and I understand and talking to them why they like him. But I think, you know, to go, but I, I don't think their quarterback situation is worse than it was the last couple of years. Nope. I think their offensive line is better. better. Yep. And I just, I trust that this defense is going to be very good again. That's yeah. what I trust. And I think that's, and it starts there. And that's where I say like in these practices, how do you help how? Well, you don't put him in position right away to be, hey, you got to go win us that game, Sam. It's got to be, we're going to do this for you to help you out and then make the plays within the structure of the offense because we're going to put you in, you know, again, I'm not saying we, me, I'm saying this is them talking, but that's that's how I think you have to do it to help him and help the offense and then help this team. So, you know, there you go. Bram, appreciate it. And, you know, we, we have one more practice. Go watch. Then it's it for the offseason. And then in the offseason, it's say, you know, get will they get the sale done and when? But then finally back to training camp in about six weeks or so. So appreciate your time and we'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. I'll be back with another episode after Tuesday's OTA practice. So I'll talk to you next time.